You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. rocking and rolling. I have a few things I want to talk about today. It's 1141. Glory to God. Hope you guys don't have any plans after church. You got new plans. Um, I just want to talk about a few things. Last week, um, as Pastor Faith was preaching about not letting fear paralyze us. How many many can you relate to that, right? Fear tries to get you stuck and like you can't move. And she was speaking about, you know, stop expecting the worst to happen, right? We can all relate to that too, right? What if, what if, what if, what if? And as she was preaching, the Lord began to speak to me about a few things I want to share with you this morning. Um, And so I started thinking the end of last week, you know, one of the biggest things that I worry about, the what ifs, is the future just in general, right? And just worrying about the future. And I started thinking, all right, Lord, would you, would you help me look at what the Bible has to say about the future? And I believe the Lord, um, I'm not going to go over every single verse the Bible has to say about it. I believe the Lord uh, led me in a direction I want to share with you all this morning. Um, so let's pray. And then I'm going to, actually, you know what? I'm just going to do this first. These baby bottles, while you're wondering why they're here. So CareNet is a a local organization that we partner with monthly as a church financially. They help girls basically not get abortion, abortions. How many of you know that's a pretty good thing to do? <laughs> and uh, actually, if you Google abortion in Owensboro, actually you're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna find CareNet. Not that they do them, it's because they actually, they wanna draw in the girls there and they'll give them ultrasounds. How many of you know if you go to Planned Parenthood, they're not gonna let you hear the heartbeat or get an ultrasound, it's for a reason. Because they don't want you to act like it's an actual child or human being. They want to make it act like it's just this clump of cells. I'm here to tell you this morning that it's not a clump of cells. That clump of cells is a child, is a human. And every believer should not only stand for and vote for the sanctity of life. About a third of you. But anyways, so every year, it's Christmas time. I mean, no, you, we, we want to be generous during Christmas. Here's a way you can be generous. Uh, I'd like for all these baby bottles to go away today. They're asking that we would uh, grab a bottle, fill it up with coins or thousands of dollars, whatever you prefer, but you can put some change in it if you like um, and, and turn these back in. Just checks. You can put checks in it to CareNet as well. Um, or Yeah, so you can put checks directly made out to CareNet, whatever you want to do. So let's do something. Right now, everybody, I, I want, if, if you feel on your heart like you want to fill one of these up, I'd like for us to get rid of all these. Here's ours. And if you just want to come down front and actually just take these right now. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let's bless CareNet and bless these moms that choose to keep their babies. And let's not just talk about it on Facebook, but let's do something about it. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to run out. 
Yeah, they also help girls if they decide to keep the baby. They give them diapers and basically try to help them, you know, go through the adoption process, stand with these moms all the way through the process. Yeah, prenatal care. I mean, it's just a, it's an awesome, awesome. They're gone. Come on, somebody. Hey, that's a good thing. Don't be disappointed. <laughs> and you can still get on their website and sow a seed into them. They will not be upset. Amen. And no one will know. All right. Awesome. And this just goes right in with what I was going to say, but I want to stop for a moment just as your pastor. Some of you, I mean, something just really blessed me today, and I just want to honor somebody. Uh, I just really want to honor Mandy Blythe. And uh, man, like, I just see you over there with these flags, and I had to do a double take. I was like, is that Amanda Blythe? And I was like, you know what, really, I, I'm, just, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm really not. I'm just really trying to say, like, it, it moves my heart so much to see people just growing in the Lord and, and stepping out and just, you know, because I know that she doesn't want to be seen. She's not, doing, she's not up here with the flag, so she wants everybody to notice her. And that is just so beautiful to me, so beautiful to me. And I'd like to say to everyone else in this room, don't, don't just do things to try to make yourself important. You are important because of the blood of Jesus, or not because of what you do or who sees you. So just want to honor people. I'm just so proud of just a lot of the people who are growing in the Lord. And for those of you who are staying stagnant, Come on, let's go, let's grow, let's keep going, let's keep moving, let's, let's humble ourselves and let's grow up in the Lord, amen? Amen and amen. All right, so let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for, uh, as Maddie and we all sang earlier, God, that you are alive, living, and breathing. And you are right here before us, God, in your fullness Father, I pray that we would just have a heightened awareness of your presence in this room. Holy Spirit, would you come and just give us ears to hear and eyes to see. God, I ask you just to bless me, to anoint me, to use me this morning in the name of Jesus. And you get all the glory. And everybody said, amen and amen. So, as I was praying and thinking about a few things, I was starting to think about how we, uh, how we worry about the future, right? And how we worry actually about everything. Some of us have a PhD and worry, right? And I mean, the old saying, you know, we're not supposed to be prayer warriors, we're supposed to be prayer warriors, right? Oh God, please, 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 Lord. No, 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 we can pray and stand in faith. And I started thinking about, well, what does the Bible say about the future? And I started thinking about all the things we worry about in general. How many of you worry about things? Raise your hand, all of you, thank you. And, did you, and I started thinking about this. I started thinking, literally everything that we worry about, the Bible tells us not to worry about. <laughs> literally every topic, if you will, if you want to break them all down, the Bible literally will say, don't worry about that. And I'm like, man. But here we are, constantly worried about it, right? I mean, even just simple things. I'd say one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest things that causes probably the most drama in marriages and one of the biggest things a lot of us worry about is just money and, and, and just the lack of or the or we're not going to have enough or whatever it may be. And even as Maddie was talking about giving earlier, she has this unreasonable trust. I'm like, that's how it should be. Our, our trust in God should look unreasonable to other people. It should be like, that doesn't make any sense. And I started thinking, a lot of the giving that me and Maddie do looks unreasonable and irresponsible. It's quiet in here. 
a lot of people would probably look at some of the giving that we've done personally and say, oh, that's irresponsible. And I would say, hmm. I love what... I love what Todd White would say. He said, I'm not out of my mind. I'm just out of yours. <laughs> Isn't that a good word? It doesn't make sense what God will say to do. It doesn't make sense a lot of times when we, when we worry about finances. Can we all say, yeah, probably. But Maddie does it because she doesn't, like, she, she has this unreasonable trust. And also she, she trusts the Lord, but also she just knows me. Like, I'll do whatever it takes. And she also knows that, you know, we don't even have credit cards. So we, there's no, you know, we, we are very disciplined. I would say I am. Maddie loves Target and TJ Maxx and things. <laughs> a lot of the discipline is over here. Let's just be real this morning. But anyways, um, <laughs> this, that was probably a bad idea to say that. Uh, but anyways, so I was thinking, man, what do we worry about? We worry about money, and the Bible literally says to us very clearly, don't worry about it. And, and even Jesus would say, hey, hey, don't worry about those things. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry about any of those things. And he goes on to say, and he gives you a promise in Matthew 6, Here's the promise. You ready? Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and everything else. Say everything. Everything else will be what? Added unto you. There's your promise. But here's your condition. You ready? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. How many of you know that there's promises in the Bible, there's absolute promises, and then there's promises that have conditions? Like here's a promise that doesn't really matter who gets in the way or whatever happens is going to happen. Jesus is going to return. How about this? Jesus was going to come and he was going to be born of a virgin. He was going to die on a cross and he was going to be raised from the dead. That was going to happen regardless. No one could stop that from happening. Amen? But you have to play a part and these things being added on to you. Let me say it like this. You can't just treat your finances and be irresponsible with everything in your life and then be blaming God because it's not coming together. Well, God, you're Jehovah Jireh. I'm supposed to, you're my provider. No, you gotta use some of your own wisdom. You gotta use some of your own wisdom and decisions to seek his kingdom first. Let me say it like this. When you make purchases and big purchases and whatever else it is, are you asking him first? As quiet as a mouse in here. But we, we worry. What I'm trying to say to you this morning is you worry about money. This sermon's not even about money. It's about worrying. You worry about money a lot of times. Can we be real? Some people worry about money because they worship money. And as long as it, your heart is after it, you're going to continue to worry about it, and you'll never have enough, I promise. I love that song we talked about, that song that goes, uh, you know, I, I've... Uh, I, I, I thought I knew what love was, but you're better, you're better, right? And I'm telling you, something I enjoy the most is actually sowing seed and giving money and giving things away. It is the most, uh, it, and it also will combat your heart loving it. <laughs> if you struggle with loving your money, give it away. <laughs> it's pretty simple. All right? So anyways, the Bible says, don't worry about money, okay? And then it goes on, like in other things, is um, we worry about death, right? How many of you maybe have some kind of irrational fears? You don't have to raise your hand. Just about dying in general. Am I the only one? I'm just driving down the nature, and I'm like, man, if, I'm, if I go 85 and I wreck, shoot, I'm gone right? If, I, if this bridge falls, how many of you know you're not scared to drive over, drive over the bridge? You're scared of the bridge falling. 
right? We're not actually scared of the dark. We're scared of what's in the dark. We're not scared of heights. We're scared of falling off of things. I started thinking, what am I worried about? Oh, as Christians, we're worried about death. And the Bible clearly says, don't worry about that. What did Jesus say in John 11, 25 and 27? He said, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live. Here you go. Even though he dies, ready? And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Why are you scared of death? Jesus literally says, hey, you're never gonna die. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, you might die physically once, but you're gonna live eternally, forever. And he would even go on to say, don't fear the people who can actually hurt the body, the ones who can hurt you physically, but fear the one who has the keys to heaven and hell, the one who actually can determine where your eternity is. So he says, man, we're scared of dying. We're scared of where we're, and here's the, here's the truth. If you don't have relationship with Jesus, if you've not been born again, you've not surrendered your life to him, you've not given it all to him, repented of your sins, then you should be afraid of dying. There's the reality. But as believers who've been born again, who've been redeemed, who've been forgiven, we have the opportunity not to fear death itself. And there's a story of, if you ever read the Fox uh, Book of Martyrs, when it talks about these guys who were martyred for the faith. And it was talking about, I forgot his name was uh, Polycarp, I believe. And he was put on trial or before Caesar. I don't know if it was at the Colosseum or whatever. Forgive me if I got this wrong. But he was known for saying, they were telling him to denounce Jesus. Renounce Jesus Christ and we will let you live. If you don't, we're we're gonna literally set you on fire. Okay? I would hope to believe that we would all like to believe that we're the one that's like, yeah, I would, oh, no problem. Really? And, and you know what he was known for saying? Polycarp was known for looking at the Caesar and saying, he said, you threatened me with a fire that will burn out in a few hours, but there is a fire that is eternal that will never burn out. Dang, what a one-liner to say to this, the leader, you know what I mean? He was saying, hey, you know what? I'm born again, so I'm safe from death. I'm safe. If you're not, you're not safe. And you can get born again today, amen? But what I'm trying to say is you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about death. We don't have to worry about these things as believers. We can understand some truths that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and that we are born again and we will live forever. Amen? Amen. So I started thinking as well about the future. What does the Bible say about the future? And I believe a lot of us love Bible verses like Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Hallelujah. We love that. We'll put that on the wall. We'll get that tattooed on us. We'll put that on a pillow. You know what I mean? That's a, that is a man. And this is true, amen? And I start thinking, well, but God, the reality is there's going to be some things that happen in our life that don't go well. And look at this other scripture I found, John 16, Not to, This isn't a negative thing. This is, this is a, I have said these things to you. This is Jesus. That in me, say in me, not Mike, in Christ, you may have peace. Where's your peace come from? Christ. In the world, you will have trouble. Hold on a second, Lord. Are you prophesying death over us? 
Are you speaking? And no, no, no. He's saying, listen, he's given us a promise here. But take heart. I've overcome the world. So hold on a second. So yes, I know the plans I have for you, but Jesus also says, hey guys, in, on this side of heaven, you're gonna go through some hard things. Right? I'd love to sit up here and tell you that everything's just gonna be roses. It's not, it, it's not how, that's not how it works. And, but I can also hope to tell you this morning as well and to warn you as well, stop getting yourself into nonsense. And then trying to get God to pray, pray, pray you out of it. Yeah, I remember when I first got saved, I remember I started going to court, all this stuff I was doing, trying to get my son back in my life. And I remember the Lord speaking to me very clearly and saying, Michael, this, I, I, here's the thing. I could have gotten mad at God and been like, oh God, you're not answering me. God, I thought I had plans in the future. I thought you're giving me hope. I thought all this stuff. And I remember the Lord saying gently to me, hey, Mike, you've put yourself in a pretty screwed up position. It wasn't me who did this. In a very loving way, he wasn't shaming me, but it's just, hey, there's an old saying, you know, if you step in crap, it gets on you. That's the nice version. Some of y'all heathens in here, y'all know the other word. Some of y'all said it this morning on your way to church. It turns out God still loves you. Who would have ever thought? Wow. All the religious people don't like it. It's okay. Never have. But he says, listen, you're going to have some trouble. And I started thinking, okay. And I started thinking that a lot of our worry, including my own, comes from what we can control versus what we can't control. And what do we do is we fix our eyes on what we can't control. And we find ourselves, like Pastor Faith was saying, paralyzed by fear. We fix our eyes on what we can't control. Well, here's the thing. I can't control to an extent what's going to happen with my health one day. Who knows? How many of you know... The Bible says to, to all people, a man has been appointed the time to die. You know what I mean? We can't really, we can try to eat good and all these things, but one day it's going to happen, right? And I can't control whether or not necessarily uh, somebody hits my car today. We're going down Frederick Street. I can't control that. You know, and I can sit here and say, okay, well, I'm never going to drive again. Or I can just get out there and not focus on things I can't control. I can't control. Y'all ready for this? This is the hardest one for parents. You ready? I cannot control technically really the outcome of my kids. Doesn't mean I give up or be stupid. <laughs> well, I can't control it, so I'm just letting them figure it out. No, 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 no. I'm going to lead the way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead. They're, they're gonna, I'm going to set the example for them. But man, I see it in my kids. I see it in my, they have, they're gonna have decisions that they're gonna have to make and I can do my best to set them up to make those decisions well. But I can't control how they're gonna have that conversation with that kid they shouldn't have. I can't control it. And I can sit here and worry about it all day long or I can stand, I can look to Jesus and say, Lord, I just give this to you. How many of you know that when you give stuff to him, you're basically saying, God, I trust you. You know what that really means? Even if it goes bad. It's easy to say, God, I trust you. It's all going to go good. But sometimes it doesn't. When I say I trust you, it means I don't know the outcome, Lord, but I cannot hold on to this any longer. I can't hold on to this any longer. It's yours, God. It's yours. And I started thinking, um, you know, a lot of people were like, man, 
what are we gonna do? Like, or, or what if a storm comes and it destroys our house? You know, I remember I was in Florida when those tornadoes came and I, I, Maddie couldn't get a hold of me in the middle of the night and I praise God nothing happened through Owensboro. And I remember thinking, dang, I, I just slept. I had no idea what happened. I woke up on the news or on the news and then they, it was all there. I was like, man, that's crazy. And what can we can do? We can sit and worry about things we can't control or we can start to worry about what we can. So I wanna tell you a few things that we can control this, we can control this morning. Instead of letting things, like for an example, we, we can stand in faith. So if I, if I get the word that one of my kids gets an illness, a bad illness, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand in faith, I'm gonna believe, I'm gonna pray. But at the same time, you know, I'm gonna go to the doctor. I'm gonna try whatever we can to get this going. Reading, Reading goes to therapy twice a week, but also almost every day, I need to do a little better at it, but almost every day I lay hands on him and say, be healed. And I have him prophesy, I'm healed in Jesus' name. And then we go to therapy. You see what I'm saying? What I can't control versus what I can't control People say, well, what if 2024, what if we go to war? What if all this? I don't know about y'all, but if I could control that, I would. But we can't control that. And I started thinking, um, you know, what can we control? And let me tell you a few things you can control. You can control your thankfulness in the midst of the storms. You can control your heart of praise to the Lord. There's a song I was singing the other day in my office. It was prophesying, I have a future filled with praise just for you, Lord. And what I was saying, you know how freeing that is? I can say, God, no, whatever may come to my life, I can tell you this much, my future is gonna be filled with praise to you. I can control that, amen? Because the reality is that God is asking us sometimes to endure some things. Can we be real this morning? There's some things you're gonna have to endure. Let me say it like this. There's some of you in this room. There's some things that you have endured, that you've gone through that didn't go very well per se, but you do have a promise on the other end that God will work it out for your good. And sometimes your good is simply that it humbled you. I've been there. I remember I, I got let go from a job after I got saved and I started thinking, Lord, what is happening? How did this happen? What is going on? I'm doing everything right. How is this possibly gonna be for my good? This is embarrassing. I had to go back to my other job and ask for my job back. Golly, and I, and I started, how is this for my good? Man, it humbled me good. I started thinking, well, is humility for my good? Absolutely. You got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is a really famous story. They're like, listen, we're gonna throw y'all in the fire. And then basically they say, hey, you know what? There's something we can't control, but there's something we can't Check one, here we go. And he's saying, listen here, today, and this is, how, this, is, this is the Christian life, you ready? He says, today the Lord will deliver me. Today the Lord will deliver me. But then he goes on to say, Basically what I can't control, even if he doesn't, what I can control, let it be known that we didn't bow to other gods. In the midst of my suffering, in the midst of things not going my way, I can control that I'm going to give him praise and I'm going to stand in faith. I'm not going to curse God. I'm not going to run away from him. I'm not going to blame him. 
I'm going to stand and say, no, Lord, you're still king of kings. You're still Lord of lords. You're still the healer. You're still on the throne. You're still everything that you ever, I've always said you are. I'm still going to stand. I can always control whether or not I'm going to have a heart of thanksgiving. Always. No matter what may come, I can control that, guys. Here, you know, the, the devil loves to get stuff just to not go the right way in your life and then to get it to steal your worship. Let me say it like this. Did you understand that the devil is after worship? He got kicked out of heaven because he wanted the worship to come to him. He wants you to curse God. He wants you to get in your hard place and your stuff isn't going the way you like. He wants you to turn your back on God. He hates it when, you, when you're in the middle of a storm and you still say, Lord, I love you. I love you. You're mine. And I'm going to tell you, those moments will do stuff for you if you're, with your maturity that, you, that all the good things will never do. Could never add up to. Jesus showed us that the second part of that verse goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, fix your eyes on him, the author and finisher of our faith. What does it mean to look to him? What was it talking about? And the next verse said, for the joy set before him. Check this word out. He endured. Did you notice in the garden when he says, God, if you can take this cup from me, it was not removed. Basically, there was something Jesus had to endure. And there are things in this life that God is saying we're going to have to endure. I know it's not the biggest shout and amen service this morning, but this is the reality of how you can have peace when things don't go the way as planned. You have an opportunity to endure. And here's how it tells you to do it. Fixing your eyes on him. What does that actually mean? It means that you look to him. Look to him like what? What does that mean practically? It means look to his example. We're looking to his example. How did he endure suffering? Did he complain? No. The Bible says that he was, he didn't even defend himself. How many times when we're being mistreated by others and we're literally being falsely accused, we all we want to do is go around and prove our point and make sure everybody knows we're right. Man. Man, for some people, you're going to have to endure Christmas with your in-laws. <laughs> Maybe you're the in-laws. <laughs> Sorry. Love you. <laughs> There's going to be some things, guys, that we have to endure. And I started thinking, you know, what can I control? I can't technically control the outcome of Reading. If I could, best believe I would. Come on now. If I could touch every person in this room one time and fix all of your infirmities and everything, I would. And I believe God can. But the reality is sometimes the reality, there's some things that don't change and we have to walk through them. I love encouraging people. I had a guy, a friend of sinners. Hey, man, now I'm trying to get my son, my child, children back in my life. How did that work out for you? And I'm like, well, it took me about eight years. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But here's the beauty of it. When people know that you've endured some things, you're going to be able to give people hope while they're enduring some things. 
Just the same way as you have testimonies about miraculous things, you can also have testimonies about enduring things. That's a good word. Because some people need, the reality is some people go through some suffering, hard stuff. And I remember when we, when we uh, Maddie had her, our, our first child, she was pregnant, she had a miscarriage. Our first child was a miscarriage. And I remember ever since that day, it was like people that we had no idea were telling us, oh yeah, we had a miscarriage too. We didn't even know. Oh, our, our first, we lost our first baby as well. And it was like, oh wow, didn't even know that about you guys. You know what I mean? And it was just like, it just really was a blessing to us. It's like, oh, okay, other people have been through this as well. I'm here to tell you this morning, other people have been through suffering as well. And God can help you endure through it, and we can help you endure through it. Listen, I got sick last week or two weeks ago. I was sick for five and a half days. I had everybody praying for me. And I kept being sick. We can argue all day long theology of whether or not it was my faith or your faith or lack of or God's hands. I don't know. But maybe God was just saying, hey, I don't know, but you're going to have to endure this. And you can't control it apparently besides Tylenol. I can control the, the fever part. But what I can control is I can turn on Maverick City worship. I can turn on Elevation worship and I can start singing praises to the Lord. I can start prophesying. I can start praying over people on my mind. I can control some things. I can control, what did Jesus say to us in that scripture in John 16? In this life, you will have trouble. The very next verse, he gives you an action to take. Take heart. Let me say it like this. That's something you have to do. Just like I talked about recently, you gotta put on praise. And let me say it like this. You gotta put on encouragement. You gotta put on faith. You gotta put on hope. You have an opportunity to put on thankfulness. You have an opportunity to take a hold of heart or take a hold of discouragement. He's saying when those times come, take heart. I've overcome the world. Things will change. Things will get better. Hey, Michael, you know what? One day there's going to be a day when you have no sickness in your body. One day there's going to be a day. There will be a day. Oh, my goodness. There will be a day when you see that baby that you lost. Wow. There will be a day, and I'm just here to tell you, we're a church that, yes, we stand and we believe, but we're going to look to him in hard times. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe God's miraculous hand for you, but even when it doesn't come, we're going to walk with you, we're going to cry with you, and we're going to help you endure. And then when you go through some things, don't be ashamed about it. Start telling some other people. Man, I went through some, I went through that season, man, and that happened to me too. And then I, man, all this stuff happened. But man, I'm gonna tell you guys, you have the opportunity to get so close to God in the midst of enduring some things. And the devil will say, no, 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 don't take heart, lose heart. Oh, you're going through something hard? Lose heart, lose it, lose hope. Because what really gets the world's attention is when God's people are in the midst of suffering and they're still not cursing the Lord. And they're still saying, I believe in him. I still love him the same same today as I did all my life. People want to see that we have something to offer them. We have hope, amen? We have hope. So I question everyone this morning, how how are you doing with your enduring? (laughs) 
Oh, God, please help me. Maybe you are. That's okay. We can all get in those places. There was times where David would even write, God, how long will you leave me here? How long? Have you not heard me at all, he would say. How long will you let my enemies chase me down? How long will this go? But then he would go around and say at the end, but God, man, I've tasted and seen. I know that you're good. One of my favorite sermons I ever preached was a sermon called A Cry of Anguish and a Song of Praise. The devil wants to get you stuck in your cry of anguish and your hard season in that suffering moment and keep you from letting out your praise to the Lord. You can control your praise, amen. All the people, all the control freaks in here, there are some things you can't control, actually. <laughs> you can control the opportunity to take heart or lose heart, amen. I love what Pastor Faith was saying last week. They don't that, in that kitchen, remember she told you guys, she said, I just, I just I stood there and said, nope. I'm gonna take authority. We're gonna have peace come in this room. What did she do? She took heart. I'm not gonna lose heart. I know this is going crazy. This is not what we've been praying for. I can tell you right now, there was nobody in this church praying for her to have that baby in the kitchen floor. <laughs> but it happened. And you have an opportunity to take heart or lose heart. And she took heart. Take heart when things are not going your way. You've got to make an action step and say, God, I'm going to take heart. And, and let me also say this. We need to learn how to let people into our lives. Let me say it like this. Don't suffer alone. Don't go through this alone. Don't, don't go through anything like that alone. Invite some people in. Man, I'm, I'm struggling today. Man, this is a hard season. I just lost my job. Whatever it may be, invite some people in. That's why when we have small groups and freedom groups, get signed up. Get involved in small groups. This isn't Bible study classes. This isn't Sunday school. This is family. Amen. And if you've always longed for a family at your church, well, I never found family. I can't get connected. And you don't sign up for small groups. I don't want to hear it. Just be quiet. Sign up for small groups, get involved, serve with other people and actually put yourself out there and say, hey, let some people love on you. We've had so many amazing testimonies, people coming to small groups, just struggling, going through really hard seasons and saying, man, those people loved on me so well. And I'm like, man, that makes me such a proud pastor. They didn't shame me and tell you I was a, telling me I was a terrible person. Man, they loved on me. They, they walked through some things. So as a church here and as leaders, we, we want to walk through some things with you guys. We want you to take heart and not lose heart when you're struggling. Amen? You know one of the best things to tell people when they're struggling, guys? Are you ready? I'm sorry. Everybody say it with me. Some of you really struggle with it. I'm sorry. Instead of, here's your 42 things you can do to make that better. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself this morning. And I've learned, learning, let me say that. Let me be more accurate. How to just simply tell people, man, I, I mean, I'm sorry you're going through that. Instead of just always just trying to get people to come out of something completely. So, hey, you know what? I'm sorry you're going through that. I love you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I found this note in our, <laughs> this is so cool. Some kid wrote this. So I found this. I was picking up stuff in the pews this morning. And some kid, I don't know who this is. He wrote this. Actually, I think he may have put his name, but I can't read it. And it uh, looks like my handwriting, to be honest. 
and I feel like this is the prophetic word for somebody in this room, actually. It says, this is so cool. He says, when you want to give up, do not. Because God will always be with you. So you can do it. Amen? When you want to give up, don't. Because God will always be with you. You can do it. Isn't that amazing? And then he said, put this back so somebody else will read it. I thought, well, let's just honor that kid today and we'll just have everybody read it. This is cool. Hey, when you want to give up, don't. Aren't we glad Jesus didn't give up? He's like, nope, I'm not going to the cross. This is terrible. You know what I mean? No, I'm not going to do that. I want my kids to see, the reality is I want my kids not to just see me full of faith when things go right, but I want them to see me full of faith when things are going wrong. And my kids will, I'm telling you, my kids will and they have seen me full of faith and full of praise and full of worship in the midst of things not going well at all. And I'm telling you, they're gonna learn that we're not, God's not a genie in a bottle we're pulling from. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our adoration no matter what may come our way. Amen? Amen, amen. Um, Awesome. Let's stand. Worship team, would you come? Or just somebody on the piano, whatever. Prayer team, would you come? Remember next week, service, and then Sunday night, Christmas service. Mm, Praise the Lord. Like Maddie was saying earlier, you know something really cool that it says in Hebrews 10, it says, or 12, excuse me. Talking about Jesus, it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Did you know that the joy set before him was his relationship with you? His relationship with you caused him to endure the suffering. That's pretty wild. Pretty radical, actually. Like he went through all that and endured it all just so he, actually just so you could have the opportunity to even choose him or not, knowing that some never would. But he still went through that for you guys, for all of us, for me. He endured some things. If you're here this morning, you're like, man, uh, you know, let's just take a moment, close our eyes. Let's take a moment and fix our eyes on what we can control. We can take heart. We can choose praise. We can put on praise. We can put on gratitude. We can put on hope. No matter what's coming our way. Or what may come. We can stand like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, hey, the Lord will deliver me from those things, but even if he doesn't, you can find me faithful. You're gonna find me full of faith. You're gonna find me standing and fixing my eyes on Jesus. That's where you'll find me. We love you, Lord. We bless you this morning. With every eyes closed and head bowed, I just wanna take a moment. If there's anybody here today that says, man, I need to give my life to Jesus I need to surrender my life to him fully. I need to be born again if that's you. Would you just lift up your hand right now, wherever you are? Thank you, Lord. 
anyone that says, uh, if you want to come down for prayer, anybody, you can go ahead and come. You don't have to wait on me. But anybody says, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to be born again. If that's you, I just want to give you a moment to receive Jesus this morning. Receive the Father of lights, the goodness of God, the love of God this morning. Anybody at all? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, everybody's saved. Good news. Hmm. If you need prayer for healing in your body, if you need prayer for anything whatsoever, you're welcome to come to these altars. If you just need to have a humble moment before the Lord at these altars before you leave, you're welcome to come and fill this place. Let me pray a prayer over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you, Lord, that you are with us in the midst of everything in our lives, God. You are there. And I just declare this morning over all of us that your presence is enough. Your presence is enough for me. It's enough for me. Can we just say that over ourselves? Your presence is enough. And always will be. Father, bless your people. Bless their families this holiday season in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning? And to this little kid, I think his name is Aspen. You're awesome. This is, this is the only way I want you drawn on these tithe cards, Aspen. Next time, put your tithe in there, buddy. Praise the Lord. Bless you guys. Have a good week. Love you guys. See you next week. Give somebody a hug on your way out. Invite somebody to lunch. If you need prayer before you go, the altars are open. Have a good week.